This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharad. It is time for Popit Popit Parliament, our daily roundup of what goes on in the day one right yet. So before the Q&A session began, uh, the Speaker of the House, Tansri Johari Abdul, had a few announcements to make. The Speaker told MPs that moving forward, the reciting of the Rukun Negara will be carried out at the opening of every day one right yet session. So this comes from a proposal actually by National Unity Minister Datuk Sri Aaron Agodagang and it was agreed upon by the Committee of uh, on Nation Building, Education and Human Resource Development. Saya telah menerima permohonan daripada Yang Berhormat Menteri Perpaduan mengenai cadangan supaya rukun negara, rukun negara dilafazkan secara penuh bermula dengan mukadimah dan ikuti dengan lima prinsip rukun negara di Dewan Rakyat. Saya membawa cadangan ini ke jawatan kuasa pembinaan negara bangsa, pendidikan dan pembangunan sumber manusia dan juga jawatan kuasa peraturan-peraturan mesyuarat untuk dipertimbangkan dan kedua-dua jawatan kuasa ini bersetuju untuk melaksanakan lafaz rukun negara ini di Dewan Rakyat. Oleh itu, saya memasyurkan agar lafaz rukun negara ini dilaksanakan pada setiap sesi pembukaan Penggal Dewan Rakyat iaitu pada hari kedua mesyuarat pertama pada setiap penggal Parlimen. So one thing I'm curious about here is uh, when we talk about the recitation of the Rukun Negara, and this is something that's been discussed uh, recently quite a bit, what are we reciting? Is it just going to be the, the kind of core tenets or whether it's going to include the preamble, which will make it very long? It will make it very long, but just I, what did they do in schools? Don't they just do the five? They do the, the five, five. Yes, they do the five. So, I, I wonder if parliamentarians will feel a little like they're being brought back to school, a bit mm. infantilized by this, you know. But it's nice, I guess, to have a reminder of why they're there and the values that they're up there to uphold. But you're right; the preamble is a much more substantial document in some sense. Um, maybe but, just to open the sitting. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so. more so than you know, repeating it at every, every meeting. day. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is. I think worth saying that. This announcement is very high-minded, uh, but something happened in the hall today that wasn't. Yeah, so Kosopananda and Kasusila, and I <laughs> yes. remember that's one of the tenets, right? Okay, so ironically, just hours after this announcement was made, the day one riot was in an uproar over the use of derogatory words by MPs on both sides of the aisle. Yeah, there was a lot of yelling, we're going to save you from it, but uh, essentially, Jalutong MP RSN Raya was interrupted during his debate by PN MPs after he mentioned Pago, uh, Tan Sri Mu Yidin Yassin. Um, and while he was getting interrupted by a variety of PNMPs, he furiously called out to them saying, I asked all the machai to sit down. Now that, of course, didn't go down very well. Uh, upon hearing this, Basut MP, Mohamed Zukifli Juso, raised his voice and asked Raya, and this is crucial because he didn't call him this, but he said, don't be a chalaka. And uh, I mean, the deputy speaker had to weigh in. 
Yeah, well, you know, apparently the real subject of all this contention was human rights and human rights violations <laughs> during the Amuidin Yassin era. So anyway, Deputy Speaker Alice Lau instructed both MPs to withdraw their remarks uh, that were levelled at each other. After some back and forth, they both agreed. And then we could then move on. So uh, if we come back, though, to the Speaker's announcements regarding health checkup for MPs, Johari said that he'll be displaying the name the names of eight MPs on the Parliament website who have yet to conduct their health screenings. Setakat ini, seramai 213 orang ahli Dewan Rakyat dan Senator dan enam Senator Ahli Pertadbiran telah melakukan pemeriksaan kesihatan. Saya ucapkan tahniah kepada semua. Namun pun begitu, seramai 8 orang Ahli Dewan Rakyat belum lagi melaksanakan pemeriksaan kesihatan. Kepada Yang Berhormat, yang masih belum menjalani pemeriksaan kesihatan ini, saya buat, sila buat dengan keadaan segera dan hubungi klinik parlimen. Saya akan paparkan ke semua mereka yang belum lagi menjalani kesihatan ini pada 1 Disember tahun ini. Jadi hari ini awas nak makan rian. Jadi mereka yang belum buat pemeriksaan itu sangat berhati-hati ya. That was the Speaker of the House, Tan Sri Johari Abdul. And actually, uh, this is continuing a bit of a uh, name and shame trend that's been happening in the sitting, right? Because previously it was said that uh, people who haven't been in attendance, maybe that would be up on the website. And now it's people who haven't done their health checkups. Um, so if we move on to the Q&A session, the first issue brought up was from Slayang MP William Leong, who wanted to know the latest stats involving child abuse cases that required protective intervention intervention by the government. Now, Women, Family and Community Development Minister Datuk Sri Nasi Shukri revealed that more than 5,200 cases involving uh, abuse and ne- neglect uh, were handled by the Social Welfare Department. Pada tahun ini, setakat bulan Ogos 2023, JKM telah mengendalikan sebanyak 1,240 kes penderaan fizikal, 1,603 kes penderaan seksual, 73 kes penderaan emosi, 1,530 kes pengabaian, 156 kes dibuang atau tiada ibu bapa dan 614 kes atas faktor-faktor lain yang pelbagai. Jadi kanak-kanak yang diselamatkan ini adalah sekejap, um, bayi itu kemudiannya di, sekejap um, ya, kanak-kanak yang diselamatkan ini ada yang masih ditempatkan di institusi JKM, ada yang telah ditempatkan bersama ibu bapa peliharaan dan OYLS serta ada juga yang telah kembali ke pangkuan keluarga setelah dinilai bahawa keadaan dalam keluarga mereka tidak lagi mendatangkan risiko yang memudaratkan kepada kanak-kanak tersebut the minister added that some of the children who were saved from these situations were placed at centres run by the department, while others were placed with adoptive parents or qualified individuals. Nancy assured the House that after a child was placed in the care of a court-appointed guardian, uh, another individual deemed suitable by the court will supervise the welfare of the affected child every three months. 
Garis panduan pengurusan penempatan kanak-kanak kepada ibu bapa peliharaan atau OYLS yang disebutkan tadi juga telah meliputi SOP selepas penempatan kanak-kanak dibuat. Selepas penempatan kanak-kanak kepada ibu bapa peliharaan atau orang yang layak dan sesuai, pelindung atau individu yang dilantik oleh mahkamah bagi kanak-kanak sama ada ahli pasukan pelindungan kanak-kanak mahupun individu yang difikirkan sesuai oleh mahkamah bagi kanak-kanak akan menjalankan seliaan ke atas kanak-kanak dan ibu bapa peliharaan atau OYLS setiap tiga bulan mengikut tempoh perintah mahkamah. Pelindung atau PPKK atau individu yang dilantik akan membuat janji temu dengan ibu bapa peliharaan atau OYLS bersama pelindung JKM sama ada hadir ke pejabat JKM ataupun lawatan ke rumah. Uh, Tuan Yang Pertua, perbincangan bersama kanak-kanak dan ibu bapa peliharaan atau YLS dibuat kedua-dua kaedah secara berasingan dan bersama mengenai masalah yang dihadapi, keperluan kanak-kanak, strategi dan perancangan bagi memenuhi keperluan serta peranan keluarga. Selain itu, pelindung juga boleh mengadakan lawatan ke sekolah atau tempat kerja kanak-kanak berkenaan dan mengadakan perbincangan dengan guru atau majikan mengenai isu yang dihadapi oleh kanak-kanak serta penyelesaian keperluan kewangan dan menilai kemajuan kanak-kanak berkenaan. That was Women, Family and Community Development Minister Datuk Sri Nancy Shukri. Moving on, RRMP Datuk Sri Dr Shaidan Kasim asked about measures taken by the Ministry of Health to curb the increasing number of dengue cases. So Deputy Health Minister Datuk Lukanisman Awang Sauni said that the release of Aedes mosquitoes with Wolbachia bacteria has proven effective in overcoming dengue outbreaks. He added that these mosquitoes are not dangerous to humans. Instead, they eliminate the dengue virus when they mate with normal Aedes mosquitoes. Bersesuaian dengan halatuju kawalan dengi iaitu mengurangkan kebergantungan terhadap racun serangga yang berasaskan bahan kimia, kaedah nyamuk berwalbakia dalam pencegahan dan kawalan dengi telah dimulakan di Malaysia pada tahun 2019. Bilangan lokaliti pelaksanaan pelepasan nyamuk Edis berwalbakia sehingga kini adalah sebanyak 31 lokaliti dengan perancangan pertambahan 10 lokaliti pelepasan baru setiap tahun. Daripada 19 lokaliti pelepasan yang layak dinilai, semuanya telah menunjukkan tren penurunan kes sehingga 100%. Tansi yang dipertua, nyamuk berwalbakia ini adalah merupakan satu nyamuk yang kita lepaskan uh, untuk membantu uh, bagi mengurangkan uh, populasi nyamuk yang, mem- yang mempunyai uh, virus uh, denggi ini. The Deputy Health Minister said this was the most effective method to curb dengue cases. However, the ministry could not implement it on a large scale due to the high costs that it would incur. Awal bakiah ini kiranya berjaya lah setakat ini dan juga oleh kerana nyamuk berwal bakiah ini memerlukan kos, kita tidak dapat sewenang-wenangnya berbelanja besar untuk menternak nyamuk ini. Walaupun demikian, di dalam kertas putih kesihatan, kita menggalakkan public-private partnership dan sekiranya ada kerjasama ini, kita sangat-sangat mengalukan untuk mewujudkan makmal-makmal untuk menghasilkan nyamuk berwal bakiah ini. Terima kasih, Tan Now, another health concern was brought up by Jarai MP Sabri Azit. He asked about measures taken to ensure that monkeypox does not become contagious like the COVID-19 virus. The Deputy Health Minister told the Dewan Rakyat that as of this month, nine cases of monkeypox were reported in the country. 
Dari Julai 2023 sehingga kini terdapat 9 kes monkeypox mpox dilaporkan di Malaysia. Kes pertama dan kes kedua dilaporkan di Kuala Lumpur pada Julai 2023. Kes ketiga dan keempat dilaporkan di Selangor pada bulan Oktober 2023. Dalam bulan November 2023, lima lagi kes dilaporkan di mana melibatkan kes kelima berlaku di Sarawak, kes keenam, ketujuh, kelapan dan kesembilan berlaku di Kuala Lumpur. He went on to say that 11 sentinel clinics have been made available to monitor the monkeypox. Additionally, the ministry has allocated 12 laboratories including four private facilities for virus detection services. Pemantauan melalui 11 klinik terpilih sebagai klinik sentinel iaitu 7 buah klinik kerajaan dan 4 buah klinik swasta bagi pengesanan awal mpox. Seterusnya adalah penghematan ujian pengesanan virus mpox melalui 12 makmal iaitu 8 makmal kerajaan dan 4 makmal swasta. Menyediakan guideline mpox management di Malaysia 2023 untuk pengurusan kes termasuk kes yang disahkan mpox dan juga kontak rapat. Kes dan kontak rapat perlu menjalani isolasi sama ada, sama ada di rumah atau lokasi yang bersesuaian sehingga disahkan bebas daripada jangkitan berkenaan. Semua pengamal perubatan dimaklumkan untuk peka kepada individu dengan gejala ruam dan lepuh yang datang mendapatkan rawatan terutamanya dalam kalangan kumpulan berisiko tinggi. In response to how the government's plan, plans to control the infection at our borders, Luka Nisman uh, said that the Immigration Department will closely monitor international entry points for early detection of travellers with symptoms. Langkah-langkah pencegahan dan kawalan yang diambil oleh Kementerian Kesihatan Malaysia bagi mencegah penularan kes empok ini adalah seperti berikut. Pemantauan di semua pintu masuk antarabangsa PMA negara dengan kerjasama Jabatan Immigration Malaysia bagi pengesanan awal kemasukan kes empok. Bagi kemasukan pelajar ke institusi pendidikan tinggi di Malaysia daripada negara yang melaporkan kes empok atau negara endemik empok, Pelajar berkenaan diminta untuk membuat pemantauan kendiri gejala dan tanda jagitan empok selama 21 hari dan sekiranya didapati bergejala mereka akan diarahkan untuk mendapatkan rawatan segera di fasilitis kesihatan berhampiran. Bagi pengembara yang tiba di PMA, jika terdapat individu yang dikesan mempunyai tanda-tanda ruam makulopapula yang jelas di muka atau tangan, individu tersebut akan segera dirujuk kepada petugas kesihatan bagi pemeriksaan lanjut. Jika individu tersebut disyaki terkena jangkitan mpox, mereka akan segera dirujuk ke hospital untuk pemeriksaan dan rawatan lanjut. That was Deputy Health Minister Datuk Lukan Isman Awang Sauni. Uh, moving on to quite a hot topic, Kuala Selangor MP Datuk Sri Dr. Zulkifli Ahmad asked about the breakdown of savings uh, for EPF members aged 54 and above. He highlighted that low retirement savings uh, is a major problem among Malaysians heading towards their golden years. Um, Deputy Finance Minister Stephen Sim acknowledged the issue, saying that low EPF savings is a legacy problem that requires structural reforms. He added that of January this year, some 35% of 54-year-olds with uh, EPF accounts have less than one th- sorry 10,000 ringgit in their savings. Bagi jumlah simpanan ahli berumur 54 tahun mengikut lingkungan Uh, simpanan setakat 1 Januari 2023 adalah seperti berikut 
saya bagi peratus dan mungkin saya bagi secara bertulis uh, angka secara lebih terperinci. Di bawah RM10,000 ada 35 peratus. RM10,000 sehingga RM20,000 simpanannya 8 peratus. RM20,000 sehingga RM50,000 13 peratus. RM50,000 kepada RM100,000 ada 12 peratus. RM100,000 kepada RM200,000 ada 13 peratus. RM200,000 kepada RM500,000 ada 13 peratus. RM500,000 kepada RM1,000 ada 4 peratus. Dan yang melebihi RM1,000 seperti yang saya nyatakan tadi ada 2 peratus. That was Deputy Finance Minister Stephen Sim. Um, I mean, we've asked you this before, particularly with EPF continuously being in the news. But do you think you'll have enough savings in your EPF uh, for retirement? That number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. And that is actually it for today's session of Parliament. A quick rundown of what we covered today. Uh, the question of uh, there being more than 5,200 cases of child abuse reported and choosing responsible caretakers for vulnerable children, uh, measures taken over concerns surrounding monkeypox and dengue, or MPOX, um, and having enough EPF savings for retirement. Again, if you'd like to share your thoughts, you can call 7733-2900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.